Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations doing great things. With a focus on informing and inspiring, we hope that the impact generated after our audience listens to the show will have a ripple effect in our community. We never want to stop learning, and when we share what we learn with others, it has the potential of making an enormous impact with the individuals and the communities we serve. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I think we can all agree that an important community focus should be education and the quality of it. If we don't focus on the importance of education, what's the potential outcome for our next generation? One way to support education is by having an education foundation in your district. Public education foundations support their local school districts by generating private financial support that helps underwrite new initiatives as an additional feature to public funding. Education foundations also serve an important role in the broader field of education by offering a space for analysis, contemplation, and intellectual development toward the goal of improving the lives and learning of every person. My research showed that just over 500 education foundations exist in Wisconsin, which I think is pretty impressive. And we're going to talk with a local one in the first half of the show. Beth Dobrzynski, Executive Director of the Elmbrook Education Foundation, is my first guest today. Welcome to the show today, Beth. Thank you very much, Jill. And thank you very much to the Ellen Becker Investment Group for having me. You're certainly welcome. We're happy to have you here and learn all about the education, Elmbrook Education Foundation. So I'm going to guess that you agree that education should be an important focus for our community. Give us a little history of the foundation and then tell us why you specifically are involved in this sector. Absolutely. So the Elmbrook Education Foundation was founded in 1958 by a group of parents. Um, their goal was to award scholarships to graduating seniors. So originally um, our name was the Lancer Spartan Scholarship Fund and that continued until the late 1990s. Um, about 1999 our focus shifted to also, um, in addition to scholarships, to also include grants and special funding initiatives. And so we continued down that path doing things like smart boards in the Elmbrook Nature Center and um, uh, libraries in our elementary classrooms and sensory toolkits and, and the list goes on. And then um, when we got to about 2020 and COVID hit, we um, did another shift and we shifted then uh, not only doing scholarships and grants, but also to focus on teacher and staff recognition and um, appreciation events throughout the year. Uh, as for the reason why I do what I do, um, education is my passion. I believe that um, every child deserves an education. Every child deserves to learn to read, um, to learn to do math, and to learn to do the, the basic functions um, that will then someday take them to their career path. 
Um, I've been asked in the past a couple of years because I no longer have children in the Elmbrook School District. I do get asked on occasion why I still do what I do. And it's for that reason, because I'm very passionate about education and I want to make sure that the education my children received in the Elmbrook School District, um, that children that are now, our, even our youngest learners, continue to receive that great quality of education. Wonderful. Well, I guess you're in the right place then, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> For good reason. Uh, okay, so tell us about the Elmbrook School District specifically and the foundation's relationship with the district. Absolutely. The Elmbrook School District is a, a phenomenal place to learn and to be. Um, if you have been listening to the news in recent weeks, you will know that our superintendent, Dr. Mark Hansen, was recently named the superintendent, superintendent of the year for the state of Wisconsin. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yes, yes. Very exciting time for him. Um, Moving over to Brookfield East High School, our principal there was named the um, number one principal in the state of Wisconsin, and then just a few weeks ago was named um, the national uh, principal of the year. Oh, so, congratulations on that too. Wow. Fa absolutely fantastic. Um, Brookfield East High School has also won the distinction of being a blue ribbon high school. Um, that's basically high achievement in general and also closing the gap with students with disabilities. They also just received the Terrell H. Bell Award for Outstanding School Leadership. Uh, so things are going really well over at Brookfield East. Brookfield Central is also doing a great job with their students. They have the most... Um, the most national merit semifinalist in the state this year, I believe they have 16. Um, so they're, they're doing quite well. They've got a lot of great um, opportunities going on in both high schools. And then our five elementary schools are all within the top 15. And my goodness, wow. So as lots you can to be see, proud of. Lots yeah. to be proud of. So we're very proud to partner with the Elmbrook School District. Um, and, you know, what we do is everything we do supports the students and the staff of our district. Mm, very nice. Well, I know it's super important that parents and families are involved with their child's education. In fact, there's a stat that says that students with involved parents have a 98% average school attendance rate, mm -hmm. which contributes significantly to academic achievement. So what ways do you work with the PTOs and the families within the Elmbrook District? Yes, uh, so we do have a council called the Umberg Parent Leadership Council. We are a part of that as are all the parent, different parent groups within the district. So we do meet on a regular basis during the school year. Uh, we share best practices. We share um, networking opportunities that I've come across, whether there's people that, you know, businesses that want to be involved with the school district, things like that. Um, in addition, we do have an online registration and event site that we share with all of the different parent groups. Last year, we partnered on 23 different events within the school district. So um, within that GiftSmart site, our um, schools are able to host events, um, do fundraising, do appeals, things like that. So it's really a partnership. Kind of think of the Umberg Education Foundation as a very large PTO because what we do is more district-wide and then our support of the individual schools then allow them uh, and their access to opportunities within their school. Okay. Well, you you talked a little bit about funding initiatives. So what are some of those that you've implemented over the years? 
Right. So um, as early as back in the early 2000s, um, smart boards into the classrooms. Um, we also have done a lot of work with Launch, which is in our high schools. Uh, we have, um, we've done work with the Elmbrook Nature Center. Um, we did a $75,000 capital improvement there. Uh, last year, we set a goal to raise $50,000 for our shared theater and fine arts production equipment initiative. Um, and with the generous help of the Schliske Family Foundation, who provided us with a matching grant, we were able to present a check for $120,000. Wow, so very that nice. Was, that was very impressive. So I'm, I'm very excited because this week I will be going to see the um, the Brookfield Central production of Mary Poppins, uh, and that will be this weekend, and they're going to be using all the new microphones, wireless microphones, the lightning equipment, and the sound equipment. Very nice. Very yes. nice. Well, I also understand that you offer scholarships through the, the foundation. So tell us, tell us about that. Yes. So last year we awarded 44 scholarships to our graduating seniors um, between both schools. These scholarships are donated um, by businesses, individuals, um, through memorials, through honorariums. Um, the donor decides what the criteria is. They decide the uh, amount of the scholarship. And then they are able to come to our senior honors nights, and they can actually present the scholarship and meet their recipient. Oh, nice. So last year with 44 scholarships, we had 247 applicants. So um, we have a large committee that reads every application, scores them, and takes it from there. Very nice. Yes. Well, okay, so you support the students through your scholarships. So how then do you support educators throughout the year? Yes, so we have two main activities, um, and one of them was actually born out of COVID. Uh, so in 2020, when I came on as the executive director, um, one of my first really connections was with Chelsea Ressler over at the corners of Brookfield. And the two of us, she was a former teacher, the two of us knew that it was a really difficult time for our staff and our educators um, with COVID. There were just a lot of new challenges. And we were trying to figure out what we could do to really um, up their spirits you know, to show them how much they're appreciated. And so we came up with Thank You Thursday right around the corners. It's a very exciting time. This will be our third annual one this year coming up on February 1st, but we send out a Google form to everyone um, in the district, the community, anyone can write a personal thank you to an educator or staff member who has made a big difference in their life. And then um, once we receive all of those, last year we received 1,300 thank yous. Wow. Um, we print them all out and we send them all out to the teachers. So they all see the letters that were written to them. And then we take it the next step. Um, then in partnership with the Corners of Brookfield, then we each week randomly draw 10 names of people that will receive a $25 gift card. And then the Corners of Brookfield, we have it up on the billboard. So every Thursday morning, people drive by, they know exactly who won. It could be a bus driver, it could be a teacher, staff member, whoever it might be. And then we take it one step further. The person with the most thank you notes gets a $250 shopping spree at the corners of Brookfield. Nice, And then nice. the last thing we do, um, the last two years, Grimaldi's Pizzeria has worked with us, and we have delivered pizza and salads to everyone in the district, over 1,400 people. Wow. So it's Way to quite, go, Grimaldi's. It's awesome. So <laughs> it's February and March, and then everybody goes to spring break. Ah. So it's just a really great time of year to do something to recognize the people that um, that mean so much to our families and our students. Mm, that's wonderful. That's one. Everybody needs a little recognition now Absolutely. again. Yeah. Okay. So we've heard how the Elmbrook Education Foundation supports their students, their staff, and their families. You also have a tagline that says, "Strong communities build strong schools." 
In our next segment, we'll talk about how the foundation supports the community and the reciprocal relationship that they have. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and my guest today in our first two segments is Beth Dobrzynski, Executive Director of the Elmbrook Education Foundation. So, Beth, you have this tagline that says, strong communities build strong schools. Tell us how you build those relationships within the business community. Yes. So one, probably one of our biggest relationships that we've built, um, again, that came out of COVID was with the Corners of Brookfield. They've been a huge supporter of uh, the school district. And, and as I said before, we do our Thank You Thursdays right around the corners uh, with them. And that's, you know, every February 1st, just mark your calendar because that's when you'll be able to do that special thank you to someone within the district that really has made a, a difference in your life. But we have worked with them um, on our Booze and Ghouls Night Out, which happens every October. And that is a great opportunity for people to come and learn about, you know, all the different restaurants and the retailers at the corners of Brookfield. It's a wine walk. It's been highly successful, and we've sold out um, each is year. Is that a surprise or no? The yes. wine event is sold out? <laughs> if you said a beer event, uh, that would have been a no-brainer. But interestingly, yes. the, wi- the wine event is sold out. Okay. Absolutely. And we sell out in about a week. So watch the oh, billboards wow. okay. and get your tickets right away. Um, <laughs> in addition, we also have our ladies night there um, at the improv. And so they, they've been a great supporter. Um, they, they've been involved in our events, whether it's take-home bags or donations to silent auction and things like that. Um, so they've been a great partner. In addition to that, I also work very closely with um, the executive directors from Waukesha, from Hamilton, and New Berlin. The four of us get together. Um, actually, there's five because one of them has two. Um, the five of us get together for lunch. We had lunch a couple weeks ago. We always come away with that with you know, a lot of new ideas ideas in our head and a little overwhelming because there's so many things that you know every, everybody else is doing that you want to know about. Um, in addition, I um, also am part of Tempo Waukesha, which is a great organization. Um, it, it's very empowering with women um, and so that's a great place. And then also the Greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce, um, a great opportunity to make, make connections um, where people, it's not so much about making the sale, it's about making the relationship. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And I know how important networking is to me in my role uh, within Ellen Becker. How important is networking to the foundation? And who's a part of your network? Very important. Um, we do two events each year, the golf outing, our golf outing, um, as well as our ladies night where we have a silent auction and raffle. And so donations um, to those events are very important. In addition, the sponsors that come to us um, with four different events last year, all four sold out um, with four different events. They kind of um, they, they speak to a different type of a business, whether it's our booze and ghouls event, which is a wine walk ladies night for only women, um, our explore steam event, which is the science technology technology, engineering, arts, and math space, and then our golf outing, which really um, is more with a lot of the business community and launch partners. Um, so there, it's very important. We know that strong communities build strong schools. People want to come to our school district because they're great, but they want to live in our community because it's awesome. Mm, yes, it, it is indeed. I agree with you there. Um, how does the business community then support the work specifically that you do at the foundation? 
Um, through sponsorships of our events, um, through donations to our silent auction and to our um, to our raffles, things like that. Um, in addition, they also support our launch program. So if you're not familiar with launch, launch is in our high schools. Um, it's juniors and seniors. This year we have uh, over 400 um, students participating. Um, I myself, I have two groups um, this year, uh, this semester. I have one group that's helping me plan our STEAM event coming up. Um, I have another group that's working on my website. And then I have two interns, one who does our impact report. They put together a 26-page impact report. It's absolutely phenomenal. And another one that does all of our social media. So um, these students, they are driven, they are motivated. And if you have, um, if there's something that you want to do within your business and you don't have the resources, you don't have the time, you can come to launch, you can have a group of students, three to four students, you work with them for one hour a week, and at the end of eight weeks, they help you solve your problem. Nice, nice. It's incredible. Well, and you mentioned um, STEAM, which for those that don't know, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mm -hmm. math. So they've enhanced the STEM right. to the STEAM. So right. Um, right. for those of you that, that aren't familiar with that. Um, well, it sounds like an exciting, exciting program. Um, so... So the business community supports the foundation in a number of ways. How does the Education Foundation support the business community? You talked about right. it a little bit before, but maybe right. dive in a little bit further on that. A lot of it is exposure. So um, awareness of who the businesses are, whether it's through um, signage at our events, our take-home bags where the business community can add um, a flyer, a coupon, a promotional item, something like that. Um, a lot of it also is um, just the, the sheer value of networking within our events. So you come to our event, you're a sponsor, now you're meeting other sponsors, you're meeting people within our district, you're meeting parents. Um, our STEAM event is a, a, great, a great opportunity to do this because we have over 500 people coming, they're all families. And now the parents are now, they, they're aware now of who you are, whether, you know, whatever your business is, whether you're a, dent, a dentist office or you're, you know, in a building or, or whatever it might be. But you have the opportunity then to talk directly to our parents within the district. Um, so it's really that overall exposure. Okay. And you probably have a very high percentage of families that are involved, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. given all the accolades that you guys have received within your district. Because yes. I know that that it, not every community can say that, you no. know, Correct. It, it, with regard to the, the percentage of parents involved. Correct. Um, so by doing all these things that you're doing, it enhances that involvement. It really does. Uh, on our board alone, we have 22 members. It is a working board. So everyone, in addition to a financial commitment to be on the Umbrook Education Foundation, they also um, have to be involved in the planning and execution of our activities and our events. So these are parents, though, that are also involved in their local school. So wherever their children are in school, they might be on the PTO, they might be involved in the fine arts organization or the booster club. So uh, it, it's really, we're very fortunate in the Elmbrook School District that we have parents that are very committed, they're very involved, and they wanna be a part of their child's education. Yeah, and that's the way it really should be. You know, Absolutely. I quoted those stats earlier. You know, it's it's really crucial, I think, that families are involved. Absolutely. Um, so, Beth, we talked about a lot of different things today. We learned a lot of things about the the Education Foundation uh, in, Elm, in Elmbrook. Um, what would you say would be your call to action for our listening audience today? 
I would say um, that there's a lot of different ways you can get involved in within your school district, whether you are um, on the PTO or whether you're involved with an educational foundation. Um, one other area that we also have in our um, in within the Umbrick Education Foundation that we have we are just in the middle of a pilot program for is our intergenerational program, and this is a program which is bringing parent bringing parents, grandparents, um, people within our community that no longer have children in the schools and they are now coming into the schools. Um, we have a pilot program working going right now at Swanson Elementary. Uh, there are 10 people involved. Uh, they come in um, every week, twice, uh, two people a day. They're working with second graders on reading and fourth graders on math. Oh, so that's wonderful. It, it's a really great program yeah. and we're hoping soon to take it district-wide um, and this was really it's it's under the umbrella of the Elmberg Education Foundation um, our past president Deb Neustad is the one it was her brainchild she came you know she really came up with it took it to the district and together with the district they have just run with it so no matter your age if you're young if you're older wiser you know if you have kids that are you know just in school you have something to offer and that's what our call to action is, is get involved with your local school district. Um, talk to us, come to, you know, talk to us about the Umbrick Education Foundation, the intergenerational program, the PTOs. Um, I think there's a place for everyone. Yeah. And when you think about it, our children, they are going to one day rule this world. Oh, they're gonna yes. run it. Well, they <laughs> yeah. might already rule it right now, but <laughs> in some cases, but they're going to run the world. So no matter your age, don't you want to be a part of that education? Yeah, and there's something for everybody, like you talked about your events right. and mm -hmm. or volunteering in the school. Maybe you're a retired school teacher. Absolutely, that you want to stay involved, or maybe you're just a a grandma and grandpa with grandkids right. that are not in the state. And just right. think about, I think that anything that's done intergenerational uh, within the generations, I think yeah. is is really valuable for for too. both the old and the young. I do. Um, too. Well, you talked about contacting the Elmbrook Education Foundation. So yeah. how would people do that? What's the best way for them to do that? The best way to do that is to email me, Beth. You don't need to my last name, just Beth is good. <laughs> um, and then the uh, email address is Foundation at gmail.com. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being here today, Beth. Thank Appreciate you very all much, the, Jill. This all the great wonderful. information. Yes, yes. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but stay tuned so you can hear about a community organization that Beth works closely with to further their mission on excellence in education and the importance of nurturing that business relationship. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. So we know how important it is to build and nurture relationships, both from a personal and a business perspective. But it's also so important to align ourselves with people and organizations that support and enhance our mission and our vision. And hopefully there's some, some overlap there. My next guest today is Carol White, President and CEO of the Greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce. She and Beth have a great personal and professional relationship, but they also have an alignment of missions, which we'll hear more about. So welcome to the show today, Carol. Thank you so much for having us here today, and thank you to Ellen Becker Investment Group. You are welcome. 
Well, we're anxious to hear, too, about the uh, the Greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce. But going forward, I'll just say the Brookfield Chamber. So share with us then how you got to know Beth and how the Chamber works to support and enhance the mission and the vision of Elmbrook Education Foundation. I have to laugh because when I went back to try and remember when and how I met Beth, it was actually during the COVID shutdown. So okay. one of so one of the things that our organization did is we immediately transitioned everything over to virtual programming because we realized how important it was to keep our members in the business community connected with each other because we're very much about relationships. So how do we keep people connected? And Beth came on board March of 2020 and we were doing everything virtual. So I got to meet her in the virtual world. And one of the things that I think really was very positive about that opportunity is when we would have our networking programs virtually is you're hyper-focused on that person who is speaking at that time. There's no distractions. Mm -hmm. There's no other people talking. You're actually getting an opportunity to hear that person and learn about them. That is how I first met Beth was on a video screen. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, the other question that you asked? How do you work to support and enhance the mission and the vision of Elmbrook Education Foundation? Oh my gosh, we are so tied to the school district in so many ways. That's our future leaders. That's our future workforce. And one of the things Beth had mentioned was the launch program and the ability of our business community to be able to have students come in and perform work for them and for the students to have that opportunity of a real life learning experience. So you talked about businesses and the Education Foundation. What about other nonprofits in our community? Absolutely. We believe that it is critical for every community to have strong nonprofits. And we provide those nonprofits, as Beth had said, with opportunities to connect and meet with other businesses within the community that then can support them, whether that is going to be financially or through volunteer opportunities or serving on their board. Mm -hmm. Or uh, advocating for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of our nonprofits are very small, hyper-local nonprofits that maybe don't have the reach that larger nonprofits have. And so that ability to be able to build those relationships, grow awareness of your nonprofit, and many of our nonprofits have found their board members through those relationships that they have been able to make with the business community. Nice. Well, how did it get started? This was actually on our plan of work for 2020. So imagine what 2020 held in store for us. <laughs> so that was on my plan of work for 2020. And then COVID hit, shutdown hit, and we thought, oh my gosh, how are we going to be able to help and support the nonprofits now that we're shut down? And we reached out to all of the nonprofits in our organization and said, okay, we know fundraising is critical for you. Your fundraising is typically a gala, large-scale event people gathered together. How are we going to do that now? And we knew many of them were trying to determine what does, what does a virtual gala fundraiser look like? So we asked them, would you be willing to jump on a virtual call? And if you're willing to share, what are your experiences? What went well? What didn't go well? What are your best practices? And how can we all help each other figure out how to still continue to have our nonprofits thrive and survive during COVID. And it was the most wonderful experience of 
sharing and offering best practices because they realized Elmbrook Education Foundation isn't a competitor with the Elmbrook Humane Society. Mm, People mm -hmm. have a passion where that passion is. So anybody that could help share their story of what they were able to do just turned out to be a great experience and the sharing was just amazing. And I think that's important to mention that there's enough to go around. I mean, there, it, we don't have to compete with each other. We can complete each other, you know, where we work together, but it doesn't right. necessarily have to be a, uh, a, a competition. And what you talked about in, in COVID, I think everybody had to shift during COVID to try and figure out a new normal. And out of that birthed these great ideas of doing things differently that that were really good. You know, I think it's when we think about the the uh, pandemic, it's like, oh, my goodness, doom and gloom. But we learned how to do this thing called Zoom for our radio shows. You know, that we just I hadn't even heard about Zoom before. So, yeah, there are good things that come uh, that come out of situations as long as you look for them. Right. You have something called a nonprofit showcase. Can you share more about that? Absolutely. So, again, we have many nonprofits that are active and involved within our organization. And we thought, how can we help them have broader reach, not just to the businesses that are a part of our organization, but to businesses that aren't a part of our organization and to the community as a whole? So, we thought, and we reached out to our committee, our nonprofit group, and said, here's what we're thinking of is let's put together something that looks like a trade show. And you have the ability to put together a booth, you have an ability to bring in your volunteers, bring in people who have been impacted by your organization. We certainly will invite the business community to this. We will invite the community as a whole. We also know many businesses now have the VTO, the volunteer time off. Ah, and, okay. And so those employees are looking for opportunities to be able to volunteer within the community, but if they don't know all of the nonprofits that are available and all of the opportunities there are, where do they even start? Carol, that's my line. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> I say that all the time. That's exactly why we do the show. You hit it right on the head because so many people don't know about all these great nonprofits that exist. How do we highlight them? How do we bring awareness to them? So people we serve, in our case, retirees many times, they want to get involved. They just don't know where to start. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. Right. So our first, our first one, we had 24 nonprofits participate. And it was only 24 because that was all we had space for. We had to turn people away, oh. which was so sad. And it was such a wonderful opportunity. The feedback that we received both from the nonprofits that participated and the connections they were able to make and the feedback that we received from the people who attended saying, oh my gosh, I never knew that this nonprofit was here. Or I've heard of this nonprofit, but the opportunity to actually spend some time and speak with people who have already had an experience with them really deepened that connection. So that, that now also has become one of our four signature programs each year will be our nonprofit showcase. And does it always take place the same time of the year? Yes, it'll always be in March. Date may change a little bit, always in March. Okay, and that's called the Nonprofit Showcase for those nonprofits that are in the Brookfield 
community. And actually, if I can interrupt, it doesn't have to just be Brookfield community. Oh, okay. We had nonprofits from Wauwatosa. We had nonprofits from West Dallas, from Waukesha. So our footprint, even though we are the Brookfield Chamber of Commerce, our footprint is really all of Waukesha County into Milwaukee County, our neighboring communities, Wauwatosa, West Dallas. So Okay, good to know. No, that's a good point. Good point. Well, Beth had talked about the Elmbrook School District launch program. How has the business community in, in Brookfield partnered with that program? This is such a wonderful opportunity, and Beth touched on this a little bit, is we have had many of our business members bring on launch students for special projects. And as Beth had said, it's the what's that project you always want to get to, but it never makes it to the top of the urgent. But if we could just do this, how would it change things within our business? And we have had many of our businesses bring back students multiple times on different projects. And the thing that is so amazing that I hear from those business leaders is those students have no fear. They have no, it can't be done that way. They truly think outside of the box and come up with unique solutions that we as adults, sadly, we have that, that won't work. Mm -hmm. They don't have that fear. And that's, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, they get to think outside the box, as you said, and there are no parameters, which is wonderful. You never know what kids will come up with, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, in order for the business community to be able to support our nonprofits, they themselves must be positioned to do so. So stay tuned to learn how the Brookfield Chamber does just that. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment with Carol White, President and CEO of the Greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce. So, Carol, in order for the business community to be able to support our nonprofits, they themselves must be positioned to do so, right? So what role does the chamber play in growing a strong and vibrant business community? We do what most chambers do and operate under four pillars. And those are advocacy, economic development, education, and networking. And as I mentioned, we've really added a fifth, which is supporting our nonprofit community, and even a sixth, which is the tourism for the town of Brookfield. And actually, I'd like to take just a moment and circle back on the nonprofit piece because it is so critical within our communities that we have strong nonprofits. If not for them, the work they do in our communities either A, wouldn't get done, or B, we would, in our communities, have higher taxes to have that work done. So it's critical, A, that we, the business community, support those nonprofits and make those more aware to the community at large to be able to support those, not just financially, but also volunteering. So I just wanted to put that piece in there. Well, absolutely. And if you are listening and you're a nonprofit and you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can reach out to me and we'll give that information at the, uh, at the end of the show. So you had mentioned how important education is to the chamber. Um, 
what programming do you offer in that area? This is one of the areas where I am extremely proud of is we offer a leadership academy twice a year. Our program is very unique. Chambers typically do offer a leadership program and oftentimes it's community-based, which is wonderful. That's already done. So we look at our leadership academy as how can we make you as the individual a stronger, better leader for your community, within your community, and also make you a stronger, better leader within your business. And it's very unique in that it is the proprietary intellectual property of our facilitator. And with each class, we offer one spring, winter, spring, and then we offer a fall class. And a pre-assessment goes out that then determines what themes are going to be applied with that class. So it is truly uniquely positioned to those people that are within that class. So our facilitator has actually shared with me that of probably 50 some of these he's done never have two been alike because when you think about it you're pulling together 12 people all different backgrounds all different areas of skill sets so those are very different so we're really pleased with that and also we're very fortunate because of the relationship we have within the chamber with the facilitator we are able to offer this leadership academy at a price point that is well below anything that you can find for an online leadership type program very nice very nice all you leaders out there carol's calling to you so think about that if you're in the brookfield <laughs> area um, you had mentioned that another area of importance to you uh to the chamber is tourism now i have interviewed visit brookfield they've been on the show um can you share a little bit more about that piece absolutely so the brookfield chamber has the contract for tourism for the town of brookfield so I would say a fair number of people do not realize there's two separate municipalities. There's a city and the town. So we handle that for the town under the umbrella of Discover Brookfield. And so Discover Brookfield holds several events during the course of the year to promote and showcase the town. And two of our larger scale events that I'd just like to talk about is our summer food truck series. And that is held once a month, May through September and brings in typically five to 6,000 people per event. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and 16 to 20 food trucks, wonderful opportunity during the summer, come out, we've held it at the corners of Brookfield, come out, grab a bite to eat for dinner, we have live music, um, beer, it's just a wonderful, and again, we treasure our summers here, so wonderful yes, opportunity to get out. <laughs> And then we also do a Brooktoberfest, which is Brookfield's version of Oktoberfest. And we just completed our second year of doing that. And um, we plan on that also being an annual event. And that currently is bringing in about 3,000 people wow. for that event. So it's a great way to bring people into Brookfield that maybe haven't been here. So you have different... Um what's the word, breweries or microbreweries or people offering different types of beer there. So, I mean, we are living, we do live in Wisconsin, so I think beer draws, right? Um, although bourbon is getting high on that list in <laughs> wine too, but I think wherever there's beer, there, there people will be, right? So, yeah, that's, that's a great event. You also have an event called Taking It to the Streets, or a campaign, actually. Um, talk to us about that. 
this was another program born out of COVID. So as we talked about how some wonderful things came out of COVID, this is one of those. So the Wisconsin Economic Development Corp had launched their Main Street Bounce Back program, and they relied on the local chambers to do the pre-vetting. And the purpose of this program was to help fill vacant spaces caused by COVID. So what this did was also gave us as the chamber another opportunity to learn about either new businesses that were coming into the area or a business that was expanding its footprint so it needed a larger space. And we thought what a great way to showcase those, showcase economic development within the region. So we go out, this is not high tech, we go out, we video that location, interview the business owner, and then we share that on our social channels and through our email database. And it's a great way to help the community as a whole, especially through those social channels, to learn about new businesses. Because let's be honest, we've all walked down or driven down the street and thought, what, 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 what's going on there? Right, what's right. that business? So this was a wonderful opportunity and we've kept it up since then. Again, something that came out of COVID though. Nice. See, there's always a silver lining. It's good. It's good. Well, in reference to the culture of the chamber that you talked a little bit about earlier, how do you go about maintaining that philosophy of giving and helping and serving? Interesting, I always say that this is kind of the hardest part, but it's also the hidden jewel. And one of the things we as an organization try not to waver on is having that first meeting with a business that has expressed interest in being a part of our organization because we truly want to make sure, A, it's our opportunity to learn about them, learn about their business, what are their expectations from us if they should decide to become a part of our organization. It's also our opportunity to share with them what our culture is. Beth even said this, it's not about first making that sale. It's not about, am I gonna land that new client? Our culture is so much relationships first, getting to know that person, how can I help you? How can I be of value to you? What services can I provide? Is there someone I can introduce you to? And we really want to make sure that when a business comes on board with us that they really understand that that first and foremost is our culture. And we as an organization mirror that by how can we better help your business? How can we support your business? What resources do you need? How can we be of more value to you? Yeah, it's kind of that uh, servant leadership philosophy, Correct. I think, which is, which is wonderful. What would you say is your greatest need right now at the Chamber, and how can the greater community help with that? Our need is hearing from you and from the nonprofits as well. If you're a nonprofit and you want to be able to have that opportunity to grow and build those networks with other nonprofits, learn and share best practices, get the word out on your nonprofit, our nonprofit network is a great way to do that. And again, to the business community is how can we better help you? How can we serve you? What education needs do you have? That's what we're here for is to support the business community because strong business community gives us a strong community as a whole, gives us strong schools. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what is the best way then for somebody listening to contact the Greater uh, Brookfield Chamber? Our website is brookfieldchamber.com. 
Well, that's easy. Very easy. <laughs> I like it when it's easy. That's really good. Brookfieldchamber.com. Correct. All right. Well, thank you to my guest today, Carol White, President and CEO of the Greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce, and Beth Dobrzynski, Executive Director of the Elmbrook Education Foundation. Uh, thank you both for sharing all the ways that you're making a difference in our community in the area of education and business. I appreciate you participating in the interview today. Thank you. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out directly to the Elmbrook Education Foundation or the Greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce, and they'd be happy to talk with you. If you know of a great organization doing great work in the community that you think would be a great guest on the show, I'm asking you to email me, and I can reach out to that organization. My email is jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262 691-3200. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place to live and work. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer or you can even listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com and you can listen to previously aired shows or you can listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Our guests today have shared how you can make a difference in the area of education in our community. You can do that by either donating volunteering or advocating for their respective organization. I'm sure anything you do would be very much appreciated. So I encourage you to take some time to figure out how you would like to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.